Welcome, dance lovers, to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan. Welcome to Ask a Dancer, the podcast that inspires the next generation of performing artists. My name is Stacey Morgan. I'm the principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts, a dance school on the north coast of New South Wales. And joining me today is an absolute idol of mine. And I don't say that loosely because he's such an inspiration, not only to me as a studio owner, but I know to studio owners all around the world. That's Ree Gold. Welcome to Ask a Dancer, Ree. Thank you so much, Stacey. It's my pleasure to be here. We are broadcasting live from the Victorian Dance Festival. It's so exciting to have you here in Australia and here in Melbourne for this fantastic event. Tell us um, about your adventure to get here. (laughs) You want to hear my adventure to get here? (laughs) Uh, Started off uh, headed out of Boston and uh, ran into a snowstorm. Ended up driving back home because they wouldn't let me fly out. I flew out again the next day, made it as far as San Francisco. That flight was late. So ended up sleeping in San Francisco that night because I couldn't make my connection to Melbourne. And then the next morning I got on a plane and flew to Los Angeles. From Los Angeles I flew to Melbourne and I arrived three days later than I was supposed to arrive. But But it was a great journey. (laughs) Totally worth it. Your motto is enjoy the journey. You got it. For anyone who follows you on social media that is is your ongoing mantra. so I was. I knew that if anyone could handle a rocky journey getting here, that it would be you. <laughs> I was uh, thinking of my uh, Australian friends who would say, no worries, the whole time. That's right. <laughs> so I kept repeating that. So I came with an Australian mantra. <laughs> I love it. Well, we're here today to talk, um, obviously, about dance, and dance is such a huge part of your, your world. Can you tell us, when did dance first come into your life, and, and what's, that, what's your story behind the beginning of dance? I feel like dance has been there my whole life. Uh, my mother opened a studio in the basement of our home uh, when I was age three. I have a twin brother, Rennie, and uh, the two of us started dancing in the basement of our home at age three, and we have been dancing ever since. I can tell you that when I was growing up, I thought everybody had a dance studio in their home <laughs> because that was just the norm for us. It took me till I was about 10 years old to realize that the whole world wasn't dancing like our family was dancing. <laughs> and wouldn't the world be a better place oh, if everyone I had a dance studio be. in their basement? <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. It's, it's part of... Uh, it's understandable then why it's so so much part of your core um, and your mother obviously a huge inspiration to you yes. what, what was the dance school like that she ran uh, it was a happy place it was always about uh, the kids more so than trying to produce the best talent. My mother was a mentor, a leader, and a teacher, and she taught me at a very young age that a, a good teacher didn't, a good dance teacher didn't just teach steps, but they inspired children to be the best that they could be. And that my mother instilled that in my brother and I, and to this day, the studio is 53 years old, wow. and we're still, focused on making, I say we make good citizens and they know how to dance really good too. Yes, I love that. So obviously growing up, 
with dance as so much a part of your life, were there any times when when things were really tough, when you thought, actually, maybe even though I've grown up in it and I'm immersed in it, maybe it's just too hard or maybe it's not for me? Because I'm sure there are many aspiring dancers out there that sometimes think, yeah, oh, gosh, this is, this is not easy. You know, the toughest part for me, and maybe at that time I was thinking maybe dance isn't where I should go, was acceptance from other boys or my peers in school that uh, dancing was a male thing to do. I can tell you that when I was a young dancer, 12, 13, 14 years old, even though I loved dancing, it was hard to deal with the remarks, what you might refer to now as bullying, and survive through that. That was the toughest. Yeah. Um, you know, not making an audition or, or or getting the job in an audition or some of those other things. They were hard, but they never stopped me from from wanting to dance. I always knew this. The hardest part was the acceptance from my peers. And so, how did you get through that? What was there a certain turning point, or was there is there something that you can think back and and go actually it was it was at that moment when I said that or I did that or I thought that that really enabled me to push through and get get to the other side. I think this. My mother knew what my brother and I were going through, so whenever we would go to a master class or a dance convention or some sort of a workshop where there were male teachers, my mother would go talk to them and ask them to talk to Rennie and I yeah. to encourage us to stick with it. Yeah. And because we were twins, we would stand out in the class and everybody saw those two boys. So they wanted to encourage us. And I can tell you that those were the people who helped me to survive were those male teachers who were master teachers and I could look at and say someday I could be like this person yeah and uh, many of them are still in my life and I look at them and think to myself wow I wouldn't be where I was if I hadn't had a talk with that guy yeah oh that's awesome I speaking of those people that kind of inspired you to go to the next level is there anyone in particular that that either is your inspiration now or was your inspiration during those early years? I'll give you a a few names. Cool. There was this guy, he was a jazz master uh, from Chicago, Illinois. His name was Gus Giordano. And uh, he's a legend where I come from and wrote syllabus for jazz dance and had one of the most uh, famous jazz dance companies in in the States. And he especially made the time. He especially worked with Rennie and I on style and took us after class and went over the combination with us. He was one of the biggest inspirations. Um, I wrote a book many years later and I asked him to do the forward in my book. Yeah. And he wrote that for me. He passed away a couple years later, but that was like full circle for him to be able to do that forward, and and it meant a whole lot to me. 
was one of the biggest inspirations. But my, my, if you ask me who my biggest inspiration was, it was my mother. Yeah. She had a lot of strength. She was a single woman who raised three children and she did it with class. She did it with style. She did it with uh, the focus on setting a good example for her children. And so that's my biggest That's incredibly inspirational. Yeah. yeah. She, was, she was really special. <laughs> that's amazing. You travel the world now talking about dance and talking about the importance of being a mentor and a leader and a teacher for dance studio owners and dance teachers all around the world because obviously you were so inspired by your strong mentor, leader, teacher of a mother. Right. Tell us about some of the places that that has taken you in the world and what you have learnt about dance all around the world from that experience. You know, what I've learned is that dance, I, I said this today in our seminar, Dance is a communication that it doesn't matter if I'm going to Brazil or some other country where they don't speak English, they can feel the same thing when they see a dancer or they see choreography that moves them. Um, to me, dance is a universal language. I, I've always looked at it as communication, uh, the ability to move somebody, whether that's to laughter or to sadness. Uh, dance really is an emotional, uh, an emotional happening in life that we happen to move through. Yeah. Um, but I didn't answer your questions about, you know, where, where I got to go with this. I've, I've been able to travel the world, and the one thing that I have learned is that we as teachers, it doesn't matter where we're teaching, we're all dealing with the same things. Yeah. Whether it's the dance moms, whether it's trying to grow our businesses, or, or just keep a balance of a normal life and being a dance teacher or a school owner. It's universal, it doesn't matter where I go. We all understand each other, yes. and uh, for me, I like to bring those people together so that they can communicate wherever I leave and stay friends with each other and realize how much we've had in common. Absolutely, and bring people together you do. Of course, you launched last August the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. I was lucky enough to be in Phoenix for the launch, and exactly what you just described. You brought together studio owners from all around the world, and I made great connections with some of the other studio owners there that I still keep in touch with and bounce ideas off now, which is brilliant. Tell us more about the idea of idea, where it came from, and what you hope to achieve from, from this bringing this community, bringing people together. Idea, as you said, stands for the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association. In the States, as I'm sure here in Australia, there are many organizations uh, that have a syllabi, that teach classes to teachers or teacher training maybe even classes for students. But there wasn't anything that was completely focused on the business. And that's why you have the word entrepreneurs in there. At first, it was going to be Educators Association. Yeah. So International Dance Educators Association. And when I was sitting down and talking to people about it, they weren't getting it. What, was, what, what about this was different than what existed? And I, don't, I try never to do anything that somebody else has done before. So one day, one of the ladies who's on our idea board said to me, what about the word entrepreneurs? 
and the bell went off. And that was it. That was it. I okay. said, okay, that's going to distinguish. That's going to make it so that people understand. And so for me, it's about offering the tools, seminars, uh, communication with each other, kinship with other teachers from around the world uh, to make our members successful on the business side, but also to inspire them, also to focus in on what's right for the kids mm -hmm. as far as age-appropriate costuming, choreography, all of those things, and as we said earlier, being the right mentor leader. And in the States, well, actually, it's, it, we are the International uh, Dance Entrepreneur Association. We have a 200, and before I left, we hit the 251 mark. Oh, awesome. Um, and they're from Canada. Uh, you're, in a, you're one of our members from I Australia. Am. We have Mexico, uh, Virgin Islands, uh, and all across the U.S. Um, the thing that I'm the most proud of about the organization at this point is that we just launched this brand new Facebook page and I see all of these teachers helping each other out, responding and giving ideas and sharing ideas and I think to myself, okay, this is exactly what it was yes. that I wanted to see happen. Yeah. My objective, whether it's the organization or doing a seminar or, or running something at the retreat center is to bring people together. For people to make a friend at the event and then come back two years later with that friend, they become best friends. Yes. To me, that was a, that's a success. I believe in a united dance community. Yes. Oh, I love that, a united dance community. So, as a side note, when I was in Phoenix and I was going off to my room the night before the conference started, I was walking down the corridor with another girl and she said, are you here alone? I said, yes. And she said, oh, let's go in together tomorrow. We went in together. We sat together for the whole weekend. We now contact each other all the really? time. She's got, you know, I get ideas off her. She gets ideas off me. And we and we want to come to the next one together. Awesome. And that's, that's, ex that's exactly what Is she what from you the described. States? She's from Boise, Idaho. Oh, there you go. Yes, Dottie, if you're listening to this. Um, she's incredibly insp inspiring to me. And our, our, uh, our journeys are, are similar but different. And so I would never have known that she was even on the other side of the world. Yet we are so alike. And You said something that's really important that I didn't say earlier that I'd like to make a point of. You said your, your journeys are so different. The thing about idea is that I want to develop our members in the world that works for them. I don't want to say you should do it this way because that's the right way. I want teachers to share all the ideas and take bits and pieces back and make them work for what it is that they want to accomplish. The objective of idea is not to make everybody the same. Yeah. It's to give them the confidence to go for what it is that they want to do and get ideas from different people. Yeah, and I, I totally think, think that you're doing that. But before idea came about, you started Dance Studio Life, which is a monthly magazine which I read religiously and was only reading on my iPad until I became an idea member. And now it comes in the mail. There you go. And it's so, it's so, it's so lovely to hold it. I love my iPad, but I love holding a magazine, and I get to do that now. You and, know, and I, I want to say something about that. 
a lot of people have said to us, when are you going only online? I'm going to hang on with a printed publication as long as I can. The Do trend it. may be going the other way, but I, like you, want to hold the magazine yes. in my hands. Yeah, I love turning the pages. Um, tell us about how dance led you into publishing and how the lessons that you were learning and teaching in the dance studio then became something that you could write about with ease and that you could communicate not through movement but instead through words. That isn't the way you think it is. I'll tell you how that happened. I used to get passionate about situations that happened in this dance community in the States. And there was a point where teachers were not in the associations that I was involved in were not respecting each other as I thought they should. So I wrote an article that I submitted to Dance Magazine on why I thought the dance community should be more friendly with each other and what the benefits of this would be. I was not a good writer. That article came back all cut to pieces and and this paragraph moved up to the top and it was a mess. But when they sent it to me, they liked the concept. Yeah. So I studied what they did in the editing process. Mm -hmm. That article ran, got a great response from it, learned from all the editing for the next two years. I landed with my own column in Dance Magazine. Awesome. And strategized and learned how to write. Uh, to this day, I write with an editor mm -hmm. because the editor really can, especially now because my editor knows me so well, I can send bullet points to the editor and it comes back a wonderful article. But for me, it was a learning process. And what happened for me when it came to launching the magazine was I had been writing at that point for two magazines, Dance Magazine and Dancer, which was a second publication in the States. And they didn't want me writing for each other. Mm -hmm. So for a little while, the, the guy who published Dancer didn't mind me working for the other publication. So I stuck with the guy from Dancer. Yeah. And then he started to go out, not out of business, but he started to decline. And uh, I made the choice. I had done this newsletter, it was on paper, it was black and white, it was two pages and it folded over and I decided to see if I could get some ads in that newsletter. Yeah. And I started off with 11 full page ads for my newsletter. The newsletter was called The Gold Rush. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And uh, I remember getting it in the mail, my magazine, and running around my yard yelling, I'm a magazine, I can't believe it, I'm a magazine. And that was in 2004, and we're about to celebrate our 13th anniversary. We've continually grown from the launch of it. And for me, it's uh, totally focused on uh, the dance education. People say, well, is it for dancers? Is it for dance enthusiasts. My niche is dance teachers, business owners, and giving them yep. the information they need to be successful. I read it and I often take photos of things I'm reading and I post them onto my staff page and my staff love it. 
because it's just a little, a little, awesome. a little bit yeah. of inspiration. <laughs> because so yeah, so much of it is valuable. I was reading it on the plane when I went with my family to Hawaii. Same thing. Got to Hawaii and couldn't wait to get internet connection so I could send this photo back to my staff Lovely. and say, how good is this? So I hope that you can make it for many more than I, I have this more years. teacher write to me and say that uh, she goes to sleep with me every night <laughs> because my magazine is on her end table. Yeah. So I took that as a very big compliment. <laughs> Fabulous. So in addition to, to publishing and bringing to, people together with idea, you now have the most amazing retreat centre that you have purpose-built to bring dance studio owners and dance teachers and people that are like-minded and that love dance as much as you um, under the one roof to be able to learn and share and grow. Tell us about the retreat centre because I haven't had the pleasure of going there yet, but I would love to hear more about it. Uh, the retreat centre honestly was a, I mean this when I say it, is a dream come true. From the time that I started speaking, which was new to the dance world, speaking, not teaching a dance class, I, I pictured in my mind a, a center, a place where teachers could come from all over the country, and now they come from all over the world in small groups, like 35 is about the size that I like. In an intimate setting, we're in the woods, beautiful studio space, everything is made out of log. It's a 7,000 square foot facility, beautiful living room. We just sit around in the living room and talk with the fireplace on. Uh, there's a pool. And it really is a place for dance teachers to go, no students, mm -hmm. uh, no stress. And you know, they, they have the opportunity to sit around and talk about the life and the business and uh, not only do we do business seminars we're now into curriculum as well one of our most uh, successful seminars is a seminar we call back to basics and what that is is curriculum for preschool kids and recreational kids up to the age of eight or ten because we can go learn what to teach our advanced kids but there isn't much out there to go learn what to teach yeah these basic kids and uh, people are reading it up like that that's the most popular seminar and that's really rewarding for me because I know that I'm reversing a trend everybody felt like they had to go learn uh, material for the best kids yes yeah. and lost track of those recreational or those preschool kids that and are those uh, kids are so impressionable yes. and so important and the bread and butter to our business Absolutely. most of us even whether you're in the states or Australia or New Zealand it's the recreational and the preschool kids that pay full tuition and the more advanced kids that tend to get discounts and are in the studio every day so I always look at them as I can't afford to have the really awesome dancers unless I have a good recreational and preschool program yep. so now I'm preaching that and it's working in the states oh that's awesome I will get there one day all right anytime <laughs> so just to finish up for young dancers who are coming up through the ranks who are learning from awesome teachers who have been to the retreat center and learn everything they need to know. What, what attributes do you think a young dancer needs in this day and age to be able to make it in any of the performing arts industries? 
a young person needs to accept that not everybody is going to hire you right away, that there's a learning process, that you will go to 10 auditions and not get something, and it'll be that 11th, that 11th one where you didn't think you were gonna get it, that you do get it, mm -hmm. and that you must go in with the focus that you deserve this job, you deserve this opportunity, and be totally confident in yourself. I see lots of young dancers who, when it's time to step up to the plate, don't know if they're good enough and all of a sudden are questioning themselves. Yeah. I say go in and fake it and you are good enough and make them appear that you're totally confident and that you'll get noticed. I also believe when it comes to young people, you have to develop the attitude that you'll leave no stone unturned. Mm. Because it, it, the process isn't about, if I keep doing the same thing, maybe I'll get it. The process is, okay, when I did this thing, I learned this, this, and this, that I'm taking to the next thing, which is gonna make me smarter. And that the whole learning process is a part of this experience and know that you need to appreciate that you have a healthy body yes okay and that you can use this art form to make a living or to make a career for yourself and that that alone is something that you should appreciate and that helps you along the way when you think how lucky you are that some teacher believed in you, got you to this place where you're, you're considering dance as a career, and that that in itself is a gift. I'm not sure that young people get that. And I will reiterate the leaving no stone unturned. That is so important. If you didn't get the audition, you need to figure out why you didn't get the audition. And then you need to figure out what it is that you're gonna change or do at the next one so that maybe you won't get it, but you'll be better, you'll be more noticed. Yes, constantly evolving. Constantly evolving, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I like That it. goes for young people and mature people. <laughs> Life so is about evolving. Yes. Life is about getting smarter as, as we go along. And I'm 55 years old and I'm consistently learning. I'm afraid of that day when I go, I'm not learning anymore. Yeah. All part of your journey. All part of the Enjoying journey. Enjoying the journey. <laughs> Enjoy the journey. <laughs> Regal, what an absolute pleasure to have you on Ask a Dancer. Thank you so much for taking the time, for getting through a blizzard and a flight delay or two and making it here to Australia to the Victorian Dance Festival to speak with us. It's an absolute honour. I admire you so much and you continue to inspire me whether you're here or on the other side of the world, so thank you. Thank you, Stacey. I had a great time. Thank I'll you. come through a blizzard anytime. <laughs> I love it. Please subscribe to Ask a Dancer on iTunes that way we can share the love of Ask a Dancer all around the world and reach some of those people in the states that are right in the middle of a blizzard a podcast would be a great thing to listen to whilst you're inside <laughs> you are so right blizzard. about that <laughs> <laughs> if you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes as well that helps us share the love thank you so much for tuning in and we'll join you next time on Ask a Dancer thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan Get in touch with us at WPMPA.co or at Dance Q&A on Twitter.